Welcome to Recovery Devon Podcasts. We're a community interest company working to support mental health recovery in Devon. Our podcasts invite people with ideas of all kinds which explore mental health and what it means to be fully human. Hello and welcome to another Recovery Devon podcast. This is a slightly different podcast recording to our regular recordings. This podcast was recorded during our Mental Health Awareness Week Fair at Exeter Library. Um, And the theme for Mental Health Awareness Week this year in 2023 was anxiety. So we have recorded a few conversations with people talking about their own lived experience of anxiety, um, what's helped their anxiety and how they have certain tools or certain things in their lives that help them cope with their anxiety. Um, We also talked to um, some organisations who have some tips and talk about the things that they offer out into the community in Devon on how to help with um, different aspects of anxiety. And we did this recording during our event because we understood that we were putting on quite a busy event around the theme of anxiety. And for those that might experience social anxiety, it might not be as accessible. So we recorded some conversations so that we could still put something out into the community for those that weren't able to join us on the day um, so they can still get involved. This is uh, part two of this podcast of the recorded conversations that we had at Exeter Library. And we are starting off with Jasmine from Change Your Space. If you'd like to introduce yourself, that would be great of course. to get started. Yeah, so my name's Jasmine Slay. Um, I run a business that's called Change Your Space, which is a professional decluttering service. Um, and it's been absolutely lovely today to sort of talk to people because mainly I don't like the title of what my business is called. <laughs> I don't like calling it a decluttering service. I've spent a lot of time today talking to people, um, saying... It's quite frightening, the idea of having somebody into your home to help you make decisions on things that you're finding difficult and tricky, um, and that we're the warm and supportive service that people can have on board, especially when people are feeling overwhelmed. We deal with people in their homes when they're overwhelmed by uh, their belongings, where it's you know not allowing them to access their key belongings, not able to engage in interests. I was telling a story to a lady um, that we worked last week um, with a person who hadn't had another guest in her home for a decade. So for 10 years, nobody's crossed the threshold of her home except for us to do some work. And when we finished um, the work with her, because we don't do it for her, alongside her, her making decisions, she said... um, I'm going to invite the neighbour over for a cup of coffee and that's what I love about what we do but it's so difficult to convey Mm -hmm. in a website, in literature and that sort of thing but conversations has been brilliant today with people saying that's the sort of thing that we love to do for people. So yeah, it's been a really uh, really good day. Oh great, yeah it is sometimes really hard to explain things that are felt and I get the impression that actually what you do there's more of a felt sensation afterwards and a, a felt um, benefit that is really hard to convey in words. It's all about experiencing it. Absolutely. So much of what we do is about emotions. So much of it's about permission to let things go with all the tales and and um, issues associated with that. Um, but, you know, the I think the thing that we want to sort of move away from is the idea that 
um, sorting out and decluttering your home is about loss. You're exactly right. It's about that gain that people feel, that release that people feel when they've achieved their goals in their home. I often say to people, there's not much we have control of in our lives, but what we do with our stuff is one small area where we can exert some control, mm. um, exert our own opinions and, and say so, um, where in other areas we might find it more... Uh, it feels more insurmountable but yeah it's very difficult to convey that and one of the reasons why um, I was very keen to write the book was that people kept saying to me well Jasmine you've you've been doing this for 10 years now Uh, can you give us your top tips for sorting out I'm on the radio uh, even this afternoon BBC Radio Devon are going to ask me I bet you (laughs) for my top tips and I don't find I'm the top tips kind of person. I've spent a lot of time listening to people, hearing their stories, working out what they can do, not getting bogged down what they can't do, mm-hmm. uh, understanding those parameters, but concentrating on what they're able to do and helping them in that, that journey of making their home suit those needs with the, the skills that they've got in a way that they... I'm going to say enjoy, but I probably mean not as bad as they thought it was going to be, um, so that they will do it again, Mm -hmm. so they will sort out again, so they'll manage their home going forward. It's about that enablement and those positive stories. So um, I wanted to write a book that reflected those conversations and those poignant stories and those things that we say to each other with the owner of the stuff and the declutterer um, that are really telling about people's lives, not the how-to how in three easy steps. So it was really important to me to write something that was about those those real poignant stories. Yeah, I love the idea of the like, lived experience aspect of it because I, I imagine everybody's home is going to have all different kind of steps and stages for you to work with them and for all different kind of reasons, for different kind of relationships. And, you know, so it... It does feel like it could be different for everybody to have so to have like case studies feels a lot more um i don't know authentic mm-hmm. rather than just a yeah like step one do this step two do this when we, that might not relate to to everyone absolutely right i i think um each person's so different each home's so different each person's relationship with their stuff's different all their tales are different in any one week we are working with such a a a range of people I would say the really good fit with this sort of event today has been that the majority of the people we work with are um are anxious I mean they're anxious about the process but there is some anxiety that's led the situation to become overwhelming for them in in the first place but there'll be such like you say a spectrum of of issues there that you can't presume plus I've been doing this for such a long time now that um I like the fact that I can never presume what people want to keep and what they don't want to keep and how they want their home to be. That It's as bespoke as that person is unique. Mm. So um, uh, finding the route that suits them, the way they're going to get there is my job, I suppose, in one sense, to try and work that out with them. Um, but their vision of how they want it to be is already in their mind. They know what they want to, to kind of want for their life. Mm. They want people to come and visit or they want to be able to do their crafts or um they want to um you know 
sit and have a calm space around them so they've got in mind what the challenge is it's so lovely to be part of the uh, process by which they get there yeah and I really like the sense that that you're that you're giving of that you are walking alongside somebody you're not telling them what to do you know I, I haven't heard you call yourself an expert it, it's it's they're the expert of their experience and and you're there to support them moving forward in the way that they want to, which is just, yeah, I imagine that being a real relief for some people, I suppose, to have that support in a in something that could be so overwhelming. It's overwhelming and so personal. I think that's the thing that I never take for granted in what I do is that um, for somebody to even pick up the phone and to have called the service in the first place is a massive step mm. um, to have me come over and do the consultation that's brave to have us work in their home you know we know it's a it's a big deal Mm. so and so many people I mean we do an awful lot of work for those who struggle with things like chronic disorganization and and hoarding again I don't like the labels but (laughs) you know everybody knows what we're talking about that we're talking about potentially dangerously full homes and homes that are becoming so overwhelming that they could be fire risks and things like that but we know that um, in those sort of serious situations, um, you know, there's a person to, to connect with there. Um, and, you know, they can be very scared about letting people over the threshold. Like we said, that lady who's not had a, a, a guest over for 10 years. So we never take it for granted that it's actually it's very anxiety inducing to, to have got that as far as commissioning our service. Um, and that we're there to protect, potentially in the short term, get them over a hurdle and then they're more open to other services or, you know, friends and family supporting, whatever it might be. And for some people, we're there more midterm. So we will see people monthly um, and they know we're the fixed, consistent part of their life that's going to help them keep going. I mean, some people will, will always and will admit to themselves always struggle with their stuff. Mm. Um, but they are finding a solution for it. And that's, you know, does huge amounts for their mental health and well-being that they feel like they're in control of something. And there's this area, which is their home environment, which they can actually take, you know, hold of and, and do something positive with. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for, for yeah, chatting to us. And um, you talk about book. What would you like to, <laughs> yes. would you like to do a what cheeky plug? <laughs> yeah, like a What's it called? Cheeky for my book. So I think for people who are, like you say, interested in the sort of journeys that people have had, the poignant, you know, hero's journey and people who perhaps don't get as far as you would hope for them, but an honest appraisal of how people uh, approach their stuff. It's called Being Owned, A Decade in Professional Decluttering. Um, it's available on Amazon and Waterstones online. You can get it on Kindle for five pounds um, <laughs> and ten pounds on a, uh, on paperback. And um, if you ever bump into me at any events, I'd be happy to sign it. <laughs> but um, yeah, just useful. And also, we found an awful lot of people have have bought the book and then given it to a friend or a family member who they think is struggling in some way. But it's just a, a gentle introduction to say you're not alone. You're definitely not alone. And this is not telling you you're failing um, or there's a moral judgment or anything like that. But you're, there are other people with these sort of uh, stories and take some heart in, in reading about those. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you.
you could just introduce yourself for the listeners, if that would be okay. Hi, I'm Stephen. I put on Wellbeing Raves. Um, yeah, as part of a kind of root out of my anxiety. Amazing. Yeah, yeah we Recovery Devon have kind of crossed part. We've crossed paths with you quite a few times, haven't we? Yeah, the, uh... Recovery Devon are amazing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I remember your lockdown rave. That was that was really cool. I remember logging yeah. into that and yeah, that thinking... Part this of the Bloom rave, or was that... Yeah, we did loads. I think it was, days. yeah. And you did a dailies one for us yeah. during, during yeah. lockdown. I had nice. to keep myself sane during that year. Is that what helped? I mean, yeah. During yeah. that, what kept me going for the, the, those few weeks mm. was actually cycling. I just um, had an electric, electric bike, actually. I just had a, went um, cycling about two or three times a week. And then, yeah, putting on the... The raves, the uh, online raves, just really. I mean, I had didn't have a good time at all throughout that lockdown, but actually, that sort of like just about kept me kept me going. Yeah, wow. Because I've been building so much up uh, up until lockdown. I was three years into my recovery. I'd be getting on after a couple of years in 2019. I started putting the raves on, and then a year later, all had to stop. And it was like really, really difficult. But actually, like because I built up some things before that year before. I was able to sort of use that to help me get through lockdown, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. It's weird yeah. timing, isn't it? It's good that you managed yeah. to build it up beforehand. But also, it must have been so frustrating that just as you were getting momentum... Yeah, exactly. And we almost had, um, had to start again. Uh, l- last year, yeah, it was like starting again, really. Had a couple of nights. They were maybe a bit quiet and more, a bit quieter than I expected. But you know what? This year, it's actually come back to life again. Yeah, because we made it had a connection from someone that um, was DJing on our on our online streams. Right, he actually got a gig for us down in Cornwall. Oh wow! So cool. we've done it about three months in a row. Yeah. So and that's really given Well Rave a kind of nice boost. Yeah. And we're doing sober raves, and we've got one on Sunday. So. Oh yeah. wow! I love the idea of sober raves. So like a safe yeah. space for somebody that might be going through yeah. addiction. Exactly. Recovery. So the story is five years ago. I started on my recovery using hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. and um, I can't remember exactly how someone told me about um, a sober rave. I can't even remember how, but I went there, and I just, it was in, in the morning, but it could have been like a nightclub at night, <laughs> you know, and I had goosebumps, I had all the glow sticks and everything, loads of lights, and that, and that was in 2017, and it motivated me straight away. Yeah. putting on putting them on myself so I started doing the raves a couple of years later I've got some confidence and everything and yeah ended up um, doing them more because I needed money to cover room to cover high costs ended up doing them in the evenings at night and they're good events but the thing is it's not wasn't really 100% well-being events they were nice events for playing music yeah and the it had the kind of aim or I was demonstrating to people, this is what you can do mm-hmm. if you can follow your passions, follow, your, you know, because I took up DJing and th- everything. Yeah. But the thing is, it's not really so much well-being related, is it? If people come in just getting as drunk as anything. Mm. So kind of the sober raves is a bit more like 100% well-being, well-being based. It's not just come and get as drunk as you can and, and go home. Yeah. You know, so it's like more of like the message I think we want to convey. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I, I contacted a Buddha fest up in Taunton the other day. Oh, wow. That's, uh, I think that's uh, sort of um, kind of non-alcoholic kind of event yeah. that's totally like about well-being. Mm. So, actually, um, applied, I, I asked them if I could do Rahani there, Rahani Celestial Healing. 
Wow. And I've also said, I can almost also put on a well-being rave. Yeah. So I'm basically like, yeah, a couple of things, you know, I don't know, I haven't replied yet, but fingers, oh, fingers crossed, you know. So it's all about like putting yourself forward and like leading back to what we were saying, I could not have done that. Like, because my recovery started at 2017. Before that, I wouldn't have had the confidence to do anything like this. Yeah. Just keep on emailing people, putting things on. But actually, the last event we had last Friday, like quite a few things went wrong. I don't want to say too much about it, but um, yeah, it wasn't like our best event. And uh, yeah, I was a bit stressed out for like two or three days afterwards. But then I come here, I met, met Hilda, obviously. I met Hilda because I interviewed Hilda myself, actually, uh, on the public of him. Yeah. You know, and we got chatting and chatting to all the other places and his man's love and a few other places. And yeah, mm. it was just nice. I've just felt better yeah. coming here today. Something to kind of pull, pull you out of it. And do you know yeah. what? You're human if it goes wrong. We've yeah. all been in a place where something yeah. we've put on or something we've we've been involved with go, goes wrong. Yeah. yeah, finding ways of yeah. pulling yourself out of that headspace. Yeah, it, and it, it's having ex, it's explanations as well. Like, uh, one thing I was working on with the therapist was to not think someone is, something is going to do really well, not think something is going to do really badly, but just do it for the experience. Yeah. But you can't always get it right. Yeah. So if there's yeah. somebody that's listening that, that's got this passion about something... Like, what would you advise them to do? What what got you to the point where you were like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to, you know, what got what helped with your anxiety of, um, of starting these things? I found a very, very good hypnotherapist. Okay. Um, it was pretty nearly off chance. I went to a doctor. My regular doctor was sick. I said, oh, anxiety, anxiety is quite bad. And what can you do? And I was you know, trying my friend who's a hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. And um, they, she was brilliant. You know, she's got big qualifications in neuroscience and it was half talking therapies and half um, meditation, right. deep trance meditation and lots of positive discourse. Yeah. I've been, was receiving it, right? And yeah, the, basically the medi, um, meditation calmed me down really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then she also gives me a little bit of life coaching as well. Right. So it's like one of the first conversations was, what are you passionate about? Um, rave how can you expand on that maybe DJing so she brought that out straight away so yeah. I got a DJ controller very fairly quickly after that and then I just found that I, just, I loved doing it yeah so focusing yeah. on what your strengths were yeah, exactly and, and that forward with those. and then I, my, one of my workmates at that time I was working at that Democratic Council at the time was doing, um, suggested why don't you go and do some kids discos or somewhere right mm. And so I went around and looked at some looked at some venues, and then one of these venues was well, I went for a few, and it wasn't didn't have much luck. But then I knew there was a building quite close to me called the Beacon Community Centre. Oh, okay. And yeah. actually, like I went there just to see if they wanted to do a, a disco, mm. put on a disco, and that's been like my second home for the oh. last six years. I just like loved it there. Yeah. I, I mean, DJing or not, I always go there and play pool, yeah, and just speak to people, and I just love it there. So it, it, indirectly led me to that's the first time I think probably in my life I've probably been settled felt settled even though I've been married and bought a house and everything in Exeter mm. I never really felt settled until I started going to that community centre I've always throughout my life I've always thought oh, I'm going to get on a plane and go but actually the last six years I, I haven't felt like that yeah oh wow well I'm glad you found you, know, you found yeah. somewhere it's it, yeah finding places yeah. where you feel like yeah, you yeah I wasn't happy where I used to live in Hertfordshire then lived in Japan for a few years my wife was Japanese and then didn't really feel like I could that was for me and then yeah I was sort of like jumping around a lot but then yeah. finally sort of like 
about six years ago through the hint and therapy and the DJing, following the passions, has just led me to meeting the, in sort of indirectly yeah. meet a whole load of people. It's quite it's quite incredible how it's happened. Yeah, that's really inspiring. Finding your yeah. place, finding a place yeah. to yeah. settle and belong. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it took you. a long time, but got there in the end. Got there know. in the end. Yeah. yeah look at yeah. now. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing your experience with us, and we right. will um, keep tagging your raves and and sending yeah. people your way. And um, yeah. yeah, I'll put in this podcast the links to um, yeah. to Well Raver so that people can find you and um, yeah, yeah, keep up to date with the next one. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Okay, yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have ideas which explore mental health directly or in imaginative ways, perhaps you'd like to create our next podcast. If you don't know how or don't have any equipment for recording, we'll do what we can to help. Simply contact us. Our email is community at recoverydevon.co.uk. Recovery Devon is a community interest company supported by the Devon Partnership Trust.